If you didn't bring a Bible with you this evening, hold your hand up real high. The ushers have extra Bibles. Be glad to let you use one of ours. And let's all go to Acts, the 24th chapter. In Acts 24, Paul said this by the Spirit, verse 16. He said, herein do I exercise myself. Now, exercise means you've got to put out some effort. Something we have to do. I exercise myself to what? To have always or to always have a conscience that is void of offense. This and other scriptures is where we get the idea of a clear or clean conscience. A conscience that is void or without offense toward God and toward man. So he said, I'm exercising, and I do this all the time, to keep myself with a completely clear and clean conscience between me and God and between me and people. And we've already covered a lot of ground into seeing why this is so significant. This is not just a nice idea. This is necessary. If you're going to hear from God, if you're going to have faith, if you're going to be led by the Spirit, if you're going to have miracles in your life, it is vital. You could understand if it wasn't important, he wouldn't exercise himself all the time. For this to be so in his life. And uh, I'm convinced that not enough has been said about this in the church. Uh, you got so many folks in the church. Good people love God. Born again. But they, they don't know that they're supposed to pay attention to their conscience. They don't understand how vitally important it is that they never ignore their conscience or override it. How many times have you heard Christians, believers, something happened, a tragedy, a problem, an accident, a loss, a devastating thing. How many times have you heard Christians talking about saying, I knew I shouldn't have done that. I knew I shouldn't have gone there. I knew I shouldn't have let them be involved. I knew I shouldn't. But what's the next question? If you knew that you shouldn't have done it. Why? Oh, why? Did you go right on and do it? Now, not one person in here can throw a rock. I don't even have to ask you to raise your hand if you've ever ignored your conscience. We've all ignored things we should have paid attention to. But that's the past. Let's do something about the present. Let's do something about tomorrow and stop missing it. You know, you see people mad at God. That is, you talk about ignorant. People that are mad at God really are mixed up about what's actually going on and what's happening. But there are many people that are just, men, they are distraught with God. They're so bitter against God. God, why didn't you? Or why did you let? Or why did you or why did you not? And that is not the question. They're asking the wrong questions. God is faithful. Somebody say God is faithful. faithful. 
He is completely faithful. And he is completely fair and just and good. How many believe that there's never anything that God should have done with anybody that he didn't do? You believe that? Never has there been a case where God should have done this or didn't do this or shouldn't have allowed this. Never, never, never. I'm convinced there's so many Christians that are confused and hurt and mixed up and messed up in this life. As soon as they get out of this body, as soon as they get to heaven, I think for the first four or five years they're going to go, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, okay, oh, wow, no wonder, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, I see, I see. Well, that's obvious. But down here in the muck and the murk, it was not obvious. But even though they didn't see it all, and none of us see it all, and you're never going to see it all in this life, you can still believe God's a good God, can't you? You can still believe He's fair and just and will never leave you and forsake you. You can trust Him no matter what. You can. You can. No, the question is not why didn't God do this and why did God let this. The question is why aren't people listening? Because he is speaking. But many are, don't even have a clue they're supposed to be listening. They're flipping coins and taking votes and consulting popular opinion and political correctness and every kind of such thing. But as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit, lets us know things. And your conscience is the voice of your spirit. Just like feeling is the voice of your body and reason is the voice of your mind, your conscience is the voice of your spirit. Should you listen to it? Because the Holy Spirit is in you. And he'll communicate to you through your own spirit. If, 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 if. We'll listen. Somebody say by faith, I'll listen. I'm going to listen. Better than in the past. I'm going to pay attention. Man, I... Phyllis and I, we talk about this on a regular basis. You just, we, we, we look back and think, how do people even survive without knowing how to be led by the Spirit? We're, we're looking to Him. We're checking with Him just virtually all the time. And every decision we make, everything we do, we're looking to Him. The Bible said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. You got a mind, use it, but that's not what you make your decisions with or based upon. You do it based upon what you get in here. People of God, children of God, can expect, should be led by the Spirit of God. Not by needs, not by opportunities, not by what other people think, not by what you, just your, your likes and dislikes. No. Led by the Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord. He said, I, uh, put, put it up there again, please, verse 16. Exercise myself always to have a conscience void 
of offense. Now the word offense basically means a cause of stumbling. People sometimes focus on the stumbling, but I didn't say stumbling. It's the cause of stumbling. What's the cause of stumbling? It's whatever you trip on. It's whatever your foot hit that caused you to break your stride or gait and get off balance and plummet to the floor. It's the obstruction. There was something there and you hit it. If there hadn't have been anything there, you couldn't have hit your foot on it, you couldn't have tripped on it unless it had been there. This is deep, huh? <laughs> Somebody say, there was something there. <laughs> you come cruising through the hall in the dark and decide not to turn the light on. <laughs> you better slow down, right? You better move slow because there could be, especially if you have children around, there could be a dump truck, a skate, any number of things. <laughs> piece of food there could be something there but if there's nothing there there's nothing to trip over why am I saying all this he's saying I exercise myself to always keep my conscience so that there's nothing there can you see that if it's void of offense that means there's nothing there Nothing there to impair, so I'm clear to hear. Clear to see, clear to hear, nothing to interfere. Go with me over to the book of John, please. John 8, we've seen this before, but but I want us to go into some, some more detail with it. John 8 is the story the account of the individuals bringing this uh, woman that they said was caught in the act of adultery and throwing her down in front of Jesus. I want us to look at this and see some of the things that deal with our study here. In, in verse 1, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, John 8, 1. Early in the morning he came to the temple and all the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. You know, Jesus did a lot of teaching, a lot of teaching and preaching. You know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. How does faith come? It comes by hearing something. And if nobody's teaching anything, then there's not, not to hear. The scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman taken in adultery, caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say to him, Master, This woman was taken or caught in adultery in the very act. We caught her in the act of adultery. Now, how many know that you can't commit adultery solo? You can't be in the act of adultery by yourself. So where's the guy? Where's the man? Now, this is a setup. Anyway... They, they're going to make this a public spectacle. 
and a and in their mind they are going to force Jesus to publicly go against the law of Moses. Now, this tells you a lot right here. Why would they be so sure he's not just going to say, yeah, that's what the law says, stoner. His compassion was so well known <laughs> that they are sure they got him on this because they're just sure he's not going to say, okay, stoner. His compassion was so well known. And uh, verse 5, Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. The word says, see a lot of these uh, Pharisees and the Sadducees, some of the scribes, they, they considered themselves to be the word people of their day. But it was letter of the law. And uh, they said, that's what the law says. That's what the word says. And it did. But what do you say? What do you say? They said this tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard him not. Do you know it's a joyous day. It's a liberating day when you get the revelation that you don't have to answer all questions. That you don't have to make all decisions that someone said you had to. And that you don't have to pick from choice A or choice B. Because somebody said you had to. In God you can stand and find out there's a choice C, D, and E. But if you're too quick to move. If you're too quick to make a choice. People miss it so often by moving too fast. Wait on the Lord. Take the time to get quiet. If you don't know, you don't know. Yeah, but we got to it. We got a timeline. We got to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do the other. You got to train yourself to resist such pressures. Unless you want to just miss it, miss it, miss it, miss it again and again. What did Jesus do? He just stooped down like he didn't even hear him. He said, I only say what I hear my father say. So we know from his own words, unless and until he hears the father tell him what to say about this, he's not going to say anything. They can rant, they can rave, they can push, they can accuse, they can quote scriptures, they can do whatever they want to, but he's through listening to them. Now he's listening to the father. And verse 7 so they, when they continued asking him, so it's obvious here they're bombarding him. They're, they're just peppering him with these questions. They, they didn't just ask the question and just stand around respectfully while he is, is on the ground there writing. No, they keep on saying, what about it? Okay, you're supposed to be this big hot shot preacher, you know. What do you say? Do we stoner or do we not? It's a simple question. They just kept on badgering him. Finally, he has heard from the Father. We're familiar with this. But try to back up and act like you've never heard this before. And you're in this situation. Most people's mind would say, well, if I say stoner, she's going to die. 
And if I say, no, don't obey the law of Moses, that's the only word they had at the time. Except, of course, for what was standing in front of them. (laughs) That's not in the normal thinking of men. He needed the wisdom of the Almighty. You say, well, he is God. Well, he's not operating as God. He's operating as a man. He is God, yes. God manifested in the flesh. But he has laid aside his power and glory as God and is operating like a man. Somebody says, well, how did he do that? He's God. He can do that. He did it. And he rises up and says, he that is without sin among you, let him be the first to cast a stone. He didn't just say stoner. He didn't just say, well, the law's the law. How many know there's a thousand ways you could have said that? And not had the effect of this. You say, well, it doesn't matter as long as you come. No, it matters. Every word matters. Every intonation, every facial expression matters. And what he said and the way he said it was God speaking through him, wasn't it? He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. They're hearing the Father through the Son right now. Wouldn't have been any more God if they'd have been standing at the throne room. And the Almighty off the throne said, He that's without sin among you, throw the first stone. But then, verse 8, again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. He did not try to explain this to them He did not try to preach anything else to them. Now he has left them with their own conscience. Verse 9. And when they heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, they went out. Nobody picked up a rock. Nobody threw a stone. And yet, that's what they came there to do. They've been planning this. What has happened? We see firsthand the power of a person heeding their conscience. On this day, a life was spared. Right? Because somebody listened to their conscience. One by one. They went out beginning at the eldest. Why the eldest? Well, I don't even have to explain that. They've been alive longer, made more mistakes, should have a little better perspective. They picked up on it quicker than the younger ones and left, even until the last, until there's nobody there except Jesus standing there with the woman. What caused this to happen? The Word of God came to them. Their conscience bore witness to them that this, this, the light came. He that's without sin among you. Their conscience said to them, you would have to be a dirty dog hypocrite to pick up a rock and throw at this woman. Because you know, you know. <laughs> What you have done and what you haven't done. And you're going to stand here and judge this poor woman. And kill her in the street like this. And you know 
how many times you've messed up and what you've done and how far you went, are you really going to be that much of a hypocrite and a dishonest liar? Their conscience let them know that when they heard the words of Jesus. Come on, can you see this? Psalm 119, 130. Don't turn there, just put it up on the screen. We're not through in this passage in John 8. Psalm 119, 130. Can we put it up there? What does it say? The entrance of thy words does what? It gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. You can be acting ignorant. You can be messed up and in the darkness and confused and deceived. If you will open your ear and let the word of God in, it will shine the light. It will let you see what's wrong, what's right, what's good, what's bad, what's righteous, what's evil. What's fair, what's not, what's love, what's hate, it'll show you. The entrance of his word gives light. Don't you love the words, the living words of the living God? Don't you love his words? His words are life. They're spirit and they're life and they're health to all their flesh and they are light. Say it out loud, his words are light to me. They are a lamp to my path. Glory to God. Go back to, are you still in John 8? Let's finish reading this because there's a connection here that I don't know if everyone has made. In John 8, they are all gone. Jesus is left alone and the woman standing in the midst. Verse 10, Jesus lifted up himself and he saw none but the woman. He said, woman, Where are your accusers? (laughs) This is a glorious victory day. Where's all the guys want to kill you? Want to stone you? Has no man condemned you? Is there nobody left to judge you and stone you? Verse 11. She said, uh, nobody, Lord. Jesus said to her, I don't either. I don't either. If anybody was qualified to judge her, it was him. I want you to see here, though, some significant things. He didn't condemn her, nor did he condone what she had done. He didn't tell her she hadn't sinned. And he didn't tell her she was okay like she was. What did he tell her? Go and sin no more. You need, I'm not condemning you, but you need to stop what you've been doing. Now we get into what we've already touched on. There are two key things involved in having, obtaining, and maintaining a clear conscience. Two main things. One is faith in the blood of the Lamb. It is the only thing, only thing, that can cleanse a defiled conscience. No amount of therapy, no 
psycho whatever drugs, no anything, nothing can cleanse your conscience. Nothing. Now you can ignore it until you sear it, until you dull yourself to where you're barely aware of your conscience, but that's not a clear conscience, that's just you being messed up. If you want to get your conscience clear and clean, people say, yeah, but you don't know what I've done, preacher. Yeah, and you don't know how powerful the blood is. It doesn't matter what you've done. Murderer, rapist, liar, thief, it doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus has paid the price for all those sins at the cross. And he did it by the shedding of his blood. He did it. And the blood is enough and more to wash you and cleanse you. And Hebrews says, purge your conscience. Purge it. Cleanse it. If your conscience is clean and clear, then there's nothing in there to trip over. Nothing there. To interfere. To impede. Keep reading in this passage. He said neither do I condemn you. Go. And sin no more. Number one. She needs to believe. That she's forgiven. We know now this side of the cross. That's faith in the blood. Faith in the finished work. Of the cross of Jesus. You need to have faith. If you uh, confess your sin. You ask him to forgive you. You need to believe what he told you. That he would forgive you and he would cleanse you. And you need to receive your forgiveness and believe that he does what he told you he would do. You've got to have faith in the blood. Faith in the blood has the power to cleanse your conscience. So that you're not just trying to cover it up and hide it. You really are clear in your conscience from all that's past. It is possible. It is real. But there's something else you got to do. What's the other thing you got to do? You got to walk in the light you have. If you know it's wrong, you got to quit doing it. If you don't quit doing it, you can't get your conscience clear. People say, well, no, the blood and grace is all that's involved. That's God's part, and it's done perfectly. But if you keep doing what you know is wrong, you're violating your own conscience. And your own heart will condemn you. Not God. He said, neither do I condemn you. But he knows if she doesn't quit doing this, her own heart is going to condemn her. And she can't be free. Her conscience won't be clear. She can't be free. The scripture says to him that knows to do good and doeth it not. What? To him, it is sin. You got to walk in the light that you have in order to maintain a clear conscience. Faith in the blood will get you a clear conscience. But if you want to keep a clear conscience, you got to do what you know. You got to. You have to walk in the light you have. You have to be honest about what you see, about what you know, about what you understand. How do I, Paul said, I exercise myself all the time to have a conscience void of offense, a conscience clear and clean. 
How do you do that? It's really, it is so simple. I didn't say it was easy. I said it was simple. Always do what you know. Now that'll occupy you. <laughs> but it's just that simple. If you know to do it, do it. If you know you shouldn't be doing it, don't do it. Simple. Huh? I didn't say it was completely easy. You got flesh. Your flesh wants to do stuff you know is not right. Everybody's flesh in here is the same kind of flesh. You can't trust your flesh any further than you can throw it. Your flesh will do anything. Anything. It will do the most vile things if you let it. People say, oh, I'd I'd never do anything like that. If you kept going, you could wind up in the most basest of situations. Oh, yeah, you wouldn't start out there. But then, you know, it's, it's like any addiction. It's like anything you yield to. I mean, what once excited you, then it's going to take more, and then it's going to take more, and then it's going to take more, and then you've got to be more depraved and more perverted and more of this. You can wind up doing some things you never imagined you would do. What's the solution? Don't even start down that road. Just don't go that way. Do what you know. If you know you shouldn't be watching it, if you know you shouldn't be reading it, if you know you shouldn't be talking that, you shouldn't be listening to that. Yeah, but I like the groove. I like the sound of it. Yeah, but you don't need to be screaming in your car, I'm on the highway to hell. There's some things more important. Than a good backbeat and a good strong bass rift. This one don't matter. I just like this. It matters. Because everything that's coming into your eyes and ears and mind is feeding some part of you. And whatever is the most fed is going to be the most strong. And whatever is the most strong is going to run you and dominate you. So you need to starve the wrong desires. Starve them. Never give them a crumb and they'll get weak. And you need to feed your inner man on some faith and word and love and righteousness, peace and joy. And it'll get strong. And the man on the inside rise up. Take charge. Can you say amen? Amen. It is as simple as this. I didn't say easy. As simple as this. Always. Can you help me with the rest? Do what you know. Always do what you know. Always do what you know. And let's look at what will be happening if you do that. He just told her, I'm not condemning you. They've all gone. Put yourself in her place. She thought for sure she's dying today. Now she's going home. (laughs) Glory to God. Next verse, verse 12. Jesus said, very next thing he said, what did he say? I am 
the light of the world. What's that got to do with what he just got through saying? Everything. Everything. What just happened in this situation? This is a ugly, ugly spectacle in the middle of the street. I don't know if the woman's even clothed properly. They drug her right out of a bedroom. And they threw her in the mist. And they're going to kill her. And this is ugly. I mean the spirit of it in the streets. The vehemence. The venom they're spewing out at him. They hate him. What happened? The father gave him some words of light. He spoke them to them. And then just left them with their own conscience. With those words and stooped down and started writing again. And they got to looking at that light. And in the light of that word they realized what hypocrites they were being. And they just left that plan and walked away. What if everybody on the planet did that? Wars would cease. Crime would cease. Child abuse, spousal abuse, cease. It would stop. Come on, are you listening? Because anybody that does any of these things has to override their conscience to do it. Because they know inside it's wrong. But you override your conscience enough, it'll get seared. And it'll get where it doesn't bother you much. And people get to where they can do all kind of things. You do it long enough, you can get to where you can blow a man's head off and then go have a big meal. There are people there. They didn't get there overnight. They didn't get there in a week or two. But I assure you, the first time they committed some act of violence and some crime, their heart ripped them on the inside. They knew what a terrible thing they had done. But maybe they're around other people whose consciences are seared and so they're going to try to act tough and act like it doesn't bother them and ignore them. And the next time it was a little bit easier, not much, but then the next time it was quite a bit easier and the next time and the next time and after years of that, hardened, seared, couldn't hear God. He's talking to them through a PA system. Just dull. That's not us. I said that's not us. We say speak Lord. Your servant will hear. Right? Speak Lord. We value your words above everything. Your words are our light. Are our life. They're everything to us. And what you say. We will do. We will heed that word. Jesus said in the light of that, he said, I am the light of the world. And read that next phrase with me. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. I would have come to church tonight just to read this verse right here. Is he tonight... The light of the world. Is he? Is he the light? Go to Ephesians please. Ephesians 5. 
Down about verse uh, 11. Have no fellowship. How much? No fellowship. With what? With the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. There's some things we ought not be involved in. People think, well, why do you think you're too good to be a part of this or part of that? He has cleansed me. Not so I could be a servant to sin. And in order to be a part of some things, you have to fellowship with the spirits they're yielding to. Which are the very enemies of God. And your, your Lord is a jealous husband. So you must not get involved in things where you're yielding to wrong spirits. There's certain places you ought not go, certain things you ought not be involved in, just not just because it's that kind of place. It's because of the spirits that are, in, are going on there. What's happening there? Everything's spiritual. There's spirits behind what's going on. People are yielding to them. You want to go somewhere where they're yielding to the Holy Spirit. Right? That's where you want to be. And you want to hang around people that uh, endeavor to follow him all the time and yield to him all the time. And know when to resist the wrong spirits. He said, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it's a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Do you know you ought not repeat everything you hear? That's right. I'm not saying it. I'm just saying what they said on TV. Well, according to this, you ain't supposed to say everything you hear on TV. You probably should have changed the channel before they finished saying it. Right? Because if we repeat it, we told it. Because that person might not have heard that until we repeated it. So we're the ones that put it in their mind. You'll be responsible. It's a shame to speak of the depraved things that people do. You're not supposed to talk about it. Because we're not children of darkness, we're children of the light. Sit out loud, I'm a child of the light. <laughs> yes, you are. Verse 8 started off with that. Back up there to verse 8. You were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. When you were born again, you were born out of darkness into his marvelous, glorious light. You are a being of light, a light child of a light God. Say it out loud, I'm a being of light. You are. You know what your destiny is? To shine like the stars. You are going to shine like a star. Read 1 Corinthians 15. Think about it. Star, just like the stars differ in glory. Some are brighter than others, bigger than others. That's the way the redeemed of the Lord are. You don't fully see it right now, but you're a being of light. And as the time passes and the eons pass, you're going to get brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. Because God, who is light, in whom there is no darkness at all, is the one who begat you. You came out of him. Whew. That's about bigger than our minds can wrap around. 
Read it at the moment. Say it out loud. I am, I am a being of light. A child of light. Thank you, Lord. Skip on down to verse 13. All things that are reproved are made manifest by what? By the light. For whatever does make manifest is light. Wherefore he says, Awake thou that sleepest, and rise from the dead, and what? Christ shall give you light. When the Lord spoke to those angry, murderous men in the street, he gave them light. Didn't he? The words he spoke to them. There was light in them. And when they heard it, when these words came, it didn't just bounce off their eardrums. When those words penetrated their hypocritical minds and murderous hearts, those words of light came right into them. And in a moment, they could see what they were doing. Why? Because the light showed it up. In the light, you can see. The light illuminated. It's like just like somebody came and turned a brilliant light over their head. And in the middle of it, they said, oh, what am I doing? What am I doing? About to kill this woman? Acting like I've never messed up? What am I doing? And they left and got out of there. Oh, the power of the living word of God, the light of the Almighty. He is light. And when he speaks, light comes out of him. And in his light is life. Eternal life. It's where the earth came from. It's where the planets came from. It's where Jesus, hallelujah, the word became flesh and the light was showed to men and people did not receive it. But to as many as did, to them he gave the power to become the sons of that light and life, the sons of God who is light. Oh, I think we could get excited about this tonight. What do you think? Look at the NIV verse 13. The NIV. Everything exposed by the light becomes visible. The light shows things up. God is faithful. He allows no being on this planet to go through their whole life without some light being offered to them. I don't care what religion they grew up in, what mindset they were taught in. Wasn't that great about the man that testified? He grew up in a home without God, without Jesus, and now he is an on fire believer. <laughs> Why? God gave that man some light. Didn't he? He sent his word to him. And when that man heard it, he made the right choice. Can you make the wrong choice? Oh, yes, you can, and millions do. You can reject the light. You can refuse. Why would anybody say no to the light? I want to stay in the dark. 
Millions are doing it. Look in John 3 and you'll see. John 3, and there's a well-known verse there in verse 16. But there's some lesser known verses right after it that are part of it. Oh, thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, he's helping us, saints. He's helping us. Thanks be unto God. Thanks be unto God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Just like he said, light be. And the darkness that was on the face of the deep was illuminated. Even though the sun was shining on the planet after that, after the fall of man, there was darkness on the face of this planet spiritually. But thank God again, he said, light be, and Jesus was born. And light came on the planet. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Keep going. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Keep going. He that believes on him is not condemned, but he that believes not is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Can you get your conscience clear? Can you get free from the guilt and shame and condemnation if you refuse to believe on Jesus? You cannot. You will remain condemned and judged. You can't get free. I don't care what people say. I don't care how much therapy you go through. I don't care how much meditation you do or what kind of good works you try to do. You will never get your conscience clear and clean without faith in Jesus. He is the only way. He's the only way. Verse 19. This is the condemnation. This is why the condemnation is there. Who's talking? Who's telling us this? Red letters. It's the head of the church telling us. Do you believe this is exactly how it is then? He said light is come into the world. Why are so many people oblivious to God? Their conscience is dull. Their conscience is defiled. Full of guilt. Full of shame. Full of condemnation. No sense of self-worth. No sense of victory. No faith. Why? Because light is come into the world. And what? Men loved darkness rather than light. I used to think the primary problem in the world was ignorance. And I'd quote the scripture in Hosea frequently, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. But that's not the whole verse. Hosea 4.6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That's not the whole verse. What's the rest of it? Because what? You have rejected knowledge. God is faithful. There's nobody, I'm telling you, there's nobody who's ever been born on this planet. No matter what circumstances, how bleak, how misinformed, how mistaught, how deceived they might have been all their young life. But what the merciful, faithful God, at some point where they could hear it, brought them some light. And if they would have received it, you know what would have happened? He would have given them some more light. 
And if they had followed that, he'd have given them enough light to take another step and another step. And they would have probably had no idea where he was leading them. But if they'd have kept following him, he'd have brought them into full salvation in Jesus, into the fullness of the Holy Spirit, into victory. If you keep following him. But the thing is, he won't make you follow him. He's not, Jesus is not the good cowboy. He's the good shepherd. He's not going to get behind you and drive you. He steps out and calls to you. I am the light. I know it's a dark world. I know there's a lot of junk out here, but I am the light. Stick with me. Follow me and you won't walk in the darkness. You will walk in the light. Stick with me. Stay with me. It's not just ignorance. Oh, no, there's a lot of ignorance in the world. But the thing is, so many folks that are ignorant and messing up on stuff, they wouldn't be ignorant now if they'd have listened to him 30 years ago. He, he showed them, do this, do that, do the other. But they were too busy. They had other plans. They overrode their conscience. They ignored it. And now they have missed 40 years of stuff they were supposed to be learning and knowing. And the thing, well, I'm doing everything I know, not realizing, yeah, but you don't know much. <laughs> you hardly know enough to get out of the bed and don't realize how, how ignorant and confused you are. Now, none of us know very much compared to what there is to be known. But if you listen to him and when he shows you, get up and go to church. Read your Bible. Pray. Quit doing that. Start doing this. Go to that meeting. Get involved. Be a part of this. Every piece of it is you taking another step into the light. You don't see the big plan. He's not going to show you the whole thing. He requires you to walk by faith. Oh, Phyllis and I, we, we've been doing this for a few decades now. And it just keeps getting brighter. And brighter and brighter. Isn't that what he said? The path of the just, it's like the shining light. It gets brighter and brighter until the full, you know, noonday sun. We had a little bit of light back in our little trailer house in Mississippi. Just a little bitty bit. And you know what it was? Listen to tapes. That's the light we had. We had access to some tapes that were teaching on faith and victory. Listen to those tapes. That was the light we had. What if we hadn't listened to that? I wouldn't be looking at you. You wouldn't be looking at me. Not in this place. Not in this ministry. Because it, it, it is so important that we walk in the light that we have. Because if you don't, you never find out about the next step. You never find out about the rest of the light he was going to give you. People say, well, if, if it was that important and vital to the rest of my life, why wouldn't God tell me? That's the wrong question. Why don't you just listen? If you know God's your source, if you know he's almighty and he knows everything in from the beginning, why don't you just do what he tells you to do? And trust that if he told you to do it, he must have a good reason why he told you to do it. Just do what he said. Just do it. Just do what he told you. We took the step. Oh, it was a giant step for us. Leave home, leave family. Left my motorcycle and my dog and my hot rod and Phyllis left her things and we went to 
Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Well, it was like another world to us. And the Lord dealt with us, volunteer for this. Get involved in this. Become a partner for $5 a month. We've been able to sow huge amounts in recent times, but it would have never happened if you hadn't sown that five when he told you to back then. Do you see this? What is the key to miracles in the earth? Whatever he says to you, do it. But your head, if you let it, it'll get in the way and you'll go, why don't I to go? I had Christians try to talk me out of it. Why you got to go all over the way to Oklahoma? Ain't God here in our state? Isn't the Holy Spirit your teacher? If he's your teacher, why can't he teach teach you right here? We need this. You can talk yourself out. You can reason. But you shouldn't be led by reasoning and people's opinion. You should follow. Come on, are you listening? Follow your conscience. And thank God, by the grace of God, we did. I didn't, I couldn't answer their questions. I couldn't tell them why or why not. I just knew Keith and Phyllis got to get their little self out of here and get over there. That's all I knew. That's all I knew. And thank God as we took that step, he showed us something else. Then he showed us something else. Then he showed us something else. And it got brighter. And it got a little bit more light. You know, for the first two years, I had not a clue that I was supposed to be a preacher. You may think that's strange, but I didn't. I I actually was speaking in a church uh, about a year and a half into this thing. And I, I was in the car. And I heard him announce on the radio, come here tomorrow morning in this denominational church. I said, come here, Reverend Moore speak. I about ran off the road. I thought, Reverend Moore? My Lord, I'm a preacher. <laughs> I thought, no way. <laughs> see, I, I didn't have the light. I didn't see the plan. I was going to go get a little training and go back home and try to help in church some. And, but we just kept taking steps. Kept taking steps. 20 years later, we felt like we were supposed to come to Branson. Why? 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 We were here for uh, a little while before we realized that the Lord had a church in mind. It was a surprise to me. I thought, huh? I thought we are just relocating our office. And 10 years later, Sarasota. And what's coming down the road? It'll be good. I said it'll be good. People will be blessed. People will be helped. Friend, the best thing you could do for your friends, for your family, your spouse, your kids, grandkids, future generations. Walk in the light. Take the step. Do what you know. Do what he shows you. Keep reading this passage. John 3, he said, This is the condemnation that lights come into the world, verse 19. Men love the darkness rather than light. Why? Because their deeds were evil. When the light shows up that you're doing something wrong, you'll do one of two things. Won't you? You'll either humble yourself and repent. Like those guys, thank God they did the right thing that day. When they saw, what am I doing? Going to kill this woman? Being a hypocrite? They humbled themselves and they got themselves out of there. And they forgot about all that junk. There is something else you can do though. When the light shows up that you're wrong or that you're, you've messed up, you've missed it, you come short, you can harden yourself 
and resist it. And say, I don't want to see that. Or you should have done this, you shouldn't have done this. Don't judge me. You leave me alone. You mind your own business. And you can harden yourself and pretend you didn't see it. And act like you don't know it. And oh, brother, that is a path that leads to destruction. It'll get darker and darker and darker. And your conscience will keep bothering you and trying to get you to to say, no, no, quit doing this, do this, do this. And if you just keep ignoring it, it'll get weaker and fainter and it'll get darker and darker. And you'll get in the darkness, you can't see. You don't understand what's going on. And you don't understand why is this happening and why is that not happening. And it gets darker and darker. And there are so many right there in that place. The darkness has enveloped them. I'm talking about believers. Darkness has enveloped them and they're so confused and they're like they got not a clue what's going on and why am I like this and why are things so awful and why you're in the darkness. Men love darkness rather than light. Why? Because what they were doing was wrong and they, they wanted to keep doing it. Verse 20, everyone that does evil hates the light. How about you? Huh? Somebody say, I love the light. And he doesn't come to the light. Lest his deed should be reproved. Why? Because the light shows up what's wrong. Verse 21. But he that does truth. Comes to the light. And says. Let her shine. I want to know. If I messed up. I want to know I messed up. Turn it up. Show me. I will receive it. I will repent. Come on, are you listening to me? Show me why. That his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. I want want to do the right thing. I believe I'm doing the right thing. Show it. Shine me. Light me up. (laughs) Somebody say, light me up. Light me up. And he will. And if you keep getting light, you keep getting enlightened. How many have been walking with the Lord now for a year or two or five or 10 or 20 or 30? And how many now, you look back 20 years ago, you were doing some stuff. You didn't even see how messed up it was and how wrong it was. Why? You got more light now. Well, if the Lord tears is coming, how you think it'll be 10 years from now? You should see some things. You should grow. And as long as we keep receiving it and we keep repenting, we keep being willing to make the change, and if he says don't do it, don't do it. If he says do it, do it. If he says stay, we stay. If he says go, we go. Amen. Just whatever he says. Amen. As long as you keep responding correctly, it'll get brighter and brighter, and you'll see more, and it'll get better, and you'll get freer, and you'll get stronger. Come on, are you listening? But any day of the week, you or me, any of us, can get haughty and get unteachable and say, I don't want to hear that. Don't talk to me anymore about that. Don't show me that anymore. I don't want to know. I don't want to see it. And that's where your progress stops. Because now you're not following him anymore. And if you're not following him, the light is leaving you. And you're staying, And the further you back from him you get, the darker it gets. And when it's pitch dark, you don't know which way's up. You don't know which way to go. You don't know what to do. 
The good news is, he's a merciful, merciful shepherd. And you could have been the most independent, rebellious, disobedient little sheep around. (laughs) And you could be lost out in the jungle for 30 years and just be a pitiful mess. And in the middle of it, you can go, and Jesus, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm done with this. Uh, I will do anything, anything, anything you want me to do. And I'm telling you, you'll begin to see a light. You'll begin to see a light. And he'll say, come here, come here, come here. Come on, are you listening? And he will wash you. And he will cleanse you. And he will restore you. And if you'll just start heeding your conscience and doing what you know, then you can stay, like the psalmist said, my soul follows hard after you. I mean, if you stop quick, my nose is going to plaster the back of your head. I am where you go, I go. Walking in the light. It gets brighter and brighter. Stand on your feet everybody. Thanks be unto God. Somebody say thanks be unto God. Thank you Lord. Let's just thank him. Let's just lift up our hearts. Lift up our hands. Lift up our voices. Father we thank you. Father we worship you. We worship you. Lord we worship you. Lord, we worship you, we worship you. Oh, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website, at morelife.org.